Asia Pacific Currents. News and labor issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents. This Saturday, the twenty seventh of August, you're listening to Community Radio Three CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents, and I'm Giselle Hanna, taking you through to nine thirty this morning. I am expecting Jody. She's just、uh, making her way over to the studio,、um, so we'll hopefully hear her voice later in the program. But of course,、um, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web or the w's dot a a w l dot org dot a u. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so look us up on those social media platforms. In the second part of the show, we're going to be speaking with Sajida Bahadurmia. She is、uh, the coordinator or, or a spokesperson. For the Australian Rohingya Women's Development Organisation, and today we'll be commemorating five years since the Myanmar military began mass premeditated attacks against the stateless Rohingya population. So the commemoration of, well, not quite the start of the genocide, but、uh, what we're marking as the heightened commencement of the genocide. So that is in the second part of today's program. But first up, news from around the region, and we're going to start in Australia. And following on a little bit from uh, the uh, conversation that.、Um, uh, Annie was having with Don Sutherland about the、um, the summit that's coming up.、Um, uh, so, uh, also I should have acknowledged、uh, Annie's wonderful show this morning. So, thanks Annie for another excellent solidarity breakfast. But let us kick off in Australia. Skilled migrant workers would be given. Default union membership as a part of their employment conditions under a radical proposal from a key union movement figure that's the, that has the backing of a former senior immigration department official. The Australian Workers Union National Secretary Daniel Walton acknowledged short-term migration was necessary to fill jobs in the immediate future, but will take the demand to the Prime Minister's job summit among a list of conditions to safeguard against imported labour being used as an economic crutch. He said, "If we want to fix a culture where migrant workers get ripped off and undermine our employment system, then union membership is the best and most efficient weapon we have. Under the proposal, it would become a condition of employment、um, that skilled migrants would be signed up to their relevant union as part of the workplace induction process. But workers would have the opportunity and right to opt out. They would be responsible for paying their own union fees. A radical move,、um, a way." From this uh, idea that um, unions used to bully people into joining (laughs) the the closed shop idea. Uh, Welcome, Jody. Hello, Giselle. And apologies, listeners, for me being, I think, two minutes late. Two minutes matters in radio. Well, we'll we'll forgive you. We'll forgive you. But but we're right in the midst of news from around the region. We are. So now we're in the South um, South Asian region. Excuse me. 
There are, where there are several reports of gross violation of workers' rights in garment manufacturing units in South Asia area, where most of the production of global apparel brand, sorry, where most of the production for global apparel brands takes place. Women who make up more than 80% of the workforce in the sector experience sexual harassment at work daily. Industrial affiliates in the region have repeatedly highlighted the issue, which has worsened over time as production catered for the fast-changing needs of the sector. The abuse of women is systemic, where deeply rooted patriarchy plays a vital role in ensuring the control of women on the shop floor. The abuse by men in authority is manifested in the form of gender-based violence and harassment. The abuse ranges from groping, touching, leaning, hitting, punching, slapping, pulling hair, offensive comments about their body, sexual jokes, obscene gestures and offensive text messages, among others. Affiliates in Sri Lanka and Bangladesh shared that production managers and supervisors frequently seek sexual relationships with workers, promising benefits like pay rises and reduced workloads. Workers who, who refuse these offers risk punishment, including being fired due to the power hierarchy between male supervisors and women workers. Threats of dismissal are also frequently used to discipline the workers on the shop floor. There are mechanisms now in place, such as the RMG Sustainability Compact Council complaint mechanism in Bangladesh and the National Monitoring Committee set up under the Global Framework Agreement that Industrial has with H&M, a big clothing department store, which can deal with issues of sexual harassment apart from the legal recourse that are avail- that is available. The affiliates are educating their membership to use these mechanisms to address sexual harassment. Brands will have to do their part by getting their suppliers to respect and follow these mechanisms. And moving to India, the Garment and Fashion Workers Union, GAFWU, won a long-drawn-out legal battle against Slam Clothing, which had locked out and dismissed workers using fraudulent letters and fake signatures. On the 6th of August, an industrial tribunal awarded reinstatement of the 150 workers illegally locked out by management, along with payment of back wages and seniority benefits. The management of Slam Clothing, which has a factory near Chennai, locked out workers to stop them from entering the factory following the union's demand for the payment of outstanding wages. Instead of engaging with the union or approaching the government for permission to close the factory as is required under law, the management chose to block workers from entering the the factory. This means the factory was unilaterally shut down by the management who also forged workers' signatures on the resignation letters. Gafwu raised the matter of the illegal lockout with the Labor Commissioner's Office. Due to the management's refusal to participate in the conciliation process, There was no agreement reached between management and workers. Thus, the Labor Commission's office referred the matter to an industrial tribunal for adjudication. The court ordered uh, uh, granting payment of back wages, um, and this will help the union fight for the recovery of wages against slam clothing. All right, now we're in Pakistan, where over 40,000 power loom workers in Faisalabad responded to a call for a strike to demand social security cover and an increase in wages. The workers who have been on strike since the 1st of August have also been demonstrating on the streets of Faisalabad, where over 1 million workers are employed in power looms. The workers responded to a call for a strike given by industrial affiliates, Pakistan Textile, Garments and Leather Workers Federation and um, the Itilhad Labour Union Carpet Industries Pakistan, also known as the Textile and Power Loom Workers Federation. 
On the 26th of March, the government announced a 17% rise in the wages for power loom workers with, with effect from the 1st of July. Despite the government mandate raised and several letters and representations from unions, the owners did not increase the wages. The power loom owners closed about 450 units in response to the demands of the power loom workers on the 26th of July. However, the district, the district administration, in the pretext of resolving the issue, is, pressure, is pressuring union leaders to call off the strike and order prohibition assembly, and, and orders prohibiting assembly have been issued. Despite these actions, the union leaders and striking workers are standing strong and have resolved that the strike will continue until employers pay better wages. And in New Zealand, the Public Service Association, the PSA, and Auckland Council have negotiated an agreement in principle on paying conditions that the union is recommending to members. Staff will receive a pay increase of 5.9% for the next 12 months. And there is agreement for financial benefits for union members, scoping a new trust-based approach to leave and many other positive steps towards a better working life. PSA National Secretary Dwayne Leo says, At a time when fuel, food and energy bills are rocketing, it's great to see this large employer coming to the table with an offer that stops workers' wages from going backwards. It's important that all workers receive an increase that recognises both the importance of their work and the increased cost of living, unlike what's happening in Australia. Yes, indeed. The agreement in principle is subject to approval by the parties and ratification by members the results of the vote will be known in late September 2022. All right, and now we're in Indonesia. As ways of expressing their strong commitment to the ILO Convention 190 on eliminating violence and harassment in the world of work, Indonesian unions convened social dialogue meetings with employers. Under the leadership of the Women's Committee of the Industrial Indonesia Council, five social dialogue meetings were held with employers and 38 companies signed a zero-tolerance policy on violence and harassment with these respective trade unions. According to the zero-tolerance policy, employers and trade unions commit to reject any forms of violence and harassment in the world of work, covering permanent workers, contract workers, outsourced workers and others. Furthermore, employers and trade unions agreed to form a team to handle complaints on sexual violence and harassment. The team's role is to stress that victims of violence and harassment have the right to lodge complaints and should be provided full protections in terms of safety, privacy and psychological support. In 2019, the Indonesian government supported the adoption of the ILO Convention 190 at the, cent- at the Centenary International Labour Conference. However, despite various calls from trade unions and civil society organisations, the government has yet to ratify the convention. The ILO website shows that the Indonesian government has submitted the Convention 190 to the, comp- to the competent authority for consideration. Um, and Australian unions and workers were instrumental in um, getting that Convention 190 off the ground at the ILO, but our government has also not ratified that convention as of yet either. Well, there is a lot happening industrially, although you could be mistaken in thinking that everything is hunky-dory with the new Mm. elbow government, but um, much is happening by way of industrial disputation. So um, for those active in Australia, uh, maintain the rage is all I can say, and um, really uh, important to criticise and critique and um, not be sucked into this jobs summit, which I think will see industrial power go backwards. 
Anyway, it's 12 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. Some community announcements and then our feature interview with Sajida Bahadurmia from the Australian Rohingya Women's Development Organisation. The revolution in Rojava is a beacon of hope for the world, putting direct democracy and feminism into practice on a broad scale. This radical attempt at social transformation now faces huge challenges, including daily attacks by the Turkish military with little outside recognition or aid. Show your support for Rojava by joining North East Syria Solidarity, or NESS, and help ensure the survival of this inspiring experiment in social change. NESS sends aid, raises awareness, and builds solidarity. Get involved at www.nessolidarity.org.au. NESS is a 3CR supporter. Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. Paul Kelly here. Hi, this is Shane Howard here, asking you to support 3CR. Independent radio station, encouraging independent music and independent thought. They've been supporting musicians for more than 30 years, so let's support them. It is 15 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents with Jody and Giselle. The 25th of August marked five years since the Myanmar military began mass premeditated attacks against the stateless Rohingya population in Rakhine State. In the weeks following, around 700,000 people fled to Bangladesh. The refugee camp at Cox Bazaar is now the largest in the world with almost a million people, bigger than the refugee camps holding Palestinians in Jordan. Many want to go home, but they're demanding that Myanmar grant them citizenship rights. Sajida Bahadurmia is the spokesperson for the Australian Rohingya Women's Development Organisation and she joins me on the show this morning. Good morning, Sajida. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, a long struggle, five years since the, the Myanmar military began, the, the mass attacks. But of course, we know that the Rohingya have been um, a suppressed community in Myanmar long before that. Tell, tell me a little bit about um, the circumstances or the reasons behind the suppression of the Rohingya people. Um. Rohingya people is uh, behind a very big uh, pressure with us because um, we don't have any rights inside the Burma to everyone know them they genocide 20, 2017 2017 and uh, now now is the more dangerous they are uh, inside the Burma and the more inside the Bangladesh too. 
Um, it's not like that when these people fled to Bangladesh that the Bangladeshi people welcomed the Rohingya with open arms. There's still discrimination in Bangladesh. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, uh, Bangladesh also is uh, not safe my community because um, they they already they government take them Sakatina receive them to them give it to permission but it's a day on community not accepted half half hand accepted they rang in half other hands one hand accepted other hands no uh, meaning is the other hand meaning is the other community the Bangladesh community some of them not accepted us this is the day they this is the more more discrimination inside the camp, and also because this is a very small country, and the more more receptive for our Rohingyas, and the, they they Bangladesh community not much happy, and they, inside the discrimination mean is that we we know them Bangladeshi is that Burma military Burma government said we Bangali we know the Bangali we are connected Rohingya. Yes, completely. Also, you are a refugee. You have refugee status in Australia. And we know that even for those people that manage to come to Australia, even in this country, the situation is not easy because you're still on a TPV. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is like, the conditions on these temporary protection visas? Uh, this is the very, I feel, um, they, this Rohingyan in country in Australia and uh, some of them, um, temporary protection visa, very hard, big feature barrier. We save inside of, uh, Australia, this is the truth. We say, but it's our young generation. Our, it's, um, we look, we choose, we can't choose because this visa, temporary protection visa, and shape visa is a big barrier our future, and that we can't decide ourselves. We can't travel. My brother, sister, my community can't travel easily. We have to need the permission, immigration permission, and uh, and also is the inside the Bangladesh, and the airport is uh, no much. Uh, easy us, easy is the Rohingya community. Now is um, uh, this ground visa traveling not very easy us. There is so many discrimination inside the um, inside the for the airport also outside. So many things are racist and and also is the Australian. I noticed everyone heard about this news. I don't know. Um, uh, one one time, uh, two years ago, um, they we planning for our Rohingyan some of them country in Australia, and Bangladesh government didn't give it to a permission that my community can't come to Australia, no other country. I don't know. I don't know that this policy why no come come to my my community can't go anywhere. I don't understand this issue. They I tell them the international community. And all the world look after this because the thousand, hundred million, um, and the inside of Bangladesh, I think the ten hundred thousand people because the eagerly, eagerly they document they they have the ID, they have ID is the seven thousand people 
you know, 7,100 people. And in, illegally, so many people is waiting for ID also, like you say, white card. And initial card. Many people also are still waiting. And they, many people demand for our, our, my demand, my community demand, we have to back Burma. We need the citizen rights first. We need our home return, our place return. We have to go together. This is our our demand. And also, you see, and I'm sorry that for the Australian government, I'm very happy to for Australian Community Service, Deputy Service, thank you so much. Give it to this opportunity. I have to say, Australian government, same, because 10 years, they all of the refugees struggling a lot. We're working in, in, in Australia. We're very happy to for, um, we save in your, um, this Australia ground, this community. And, and we, we're working. We pay the tax. Many refugees working here. Well, that's that's right. You, you're working and you're paying your taxes. And yeah. I understand the Albanese government did promise permanent protection and, and permanent residency for the Rohingyas that are here on temporary protection visas. But has 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 this permanency been granted yet, or are you still waiting? Um, yes, my community is entering um, this this labor labor coming. So many help my community. Everyone happy. Everyone loves them. They win and they labor and labor. Many help with the jail waiting and they still three months. No anyone heard any news. The permanent only one person received the permanent visa. I'm sorry that I'm very bad for people name. I apologize myself. No, that's okay. Yes, and they this reason um. They many everyone is a scary, everyone is a dream broken the dream, everyone is a, like my community and all of them refugees, they labor win, very happy happy celebration, but I'm not the celebration. I'm still uh, waiting for news because I many times I I celebrate for some good news and they broken the my dream, my exciting this season I'm not much excited. Because we work in who, who is the working the community leaders? They understand this policy. This is I'm very quiet, and the part is in my community, my women, and especially my women, my teenager uh, youth uh, generation. They very suffering lot this visa. They can't choose on subject. And I just. I I just want to give people an idea of what it's like to be on a temporary protection visa for 10 years because some of you have been here for 10 years, you know, and and you yourself, you have a daughter who recently finished high school. So, you know, families, people that... um, have spent a um, significant proportion, the majority of their life here. What happened with your daughter when she finished her HSC? She finished the HSC. She have to apply. She can't the government support. She can apply them because the TPG. And she can choose on subject because the TPG, shape visa, they, they, they can they this visa, uh, uh, who is the holder of this visa? They can choose own subject, own application. Can't accept the way front door. Not anyone can accept the way 
apply the front door. They have to go to run away, back behind applying, and they're still waiting for refugee um, scholarship. They still left one year waiting after they did. She received this year the scholarship. And, and also she can't choose the own subject because, like I said, example, mother uh, talented my community, the youth and the other girls and uh, my friends I'm working for long time. They have very high amounts. They receive them, but they still can't choose the midwife um, course. Study. And they have because to, and they have to apply for university as international students because they're not yeah. regarded as local students. And of course, we know the fees for international students are so high that they're not very accessible. Yes, uh, so many systems they're very confusing this shape and TPG. All of them, not only the Rohingya, all of them, Iraqi and, and Afghanistan, Afghani, and the. Uh, Rohingya, so many Syrian, so many they they suffering disease a lot, and especially we we have the special Rohingyans have very very focusing, very excited, and very important of our youth educated, completed educated because we very less education person. This is the, our mothers, our uh, fathers, they with my community parents very. Excited. A very anxiety, very successful this uh, uh, children teacher and children study they complete their uni. And what kind of solidarity are you asking for from workers in Australia uh, and I guess internationally too, but especially around this um, the refugee system in Australia and supporting the struggle for Rohingya independence and a return to the homeland? Um, there's um, Struggling for Rohingyans, they essential the visa and the education system because this visa is a barrier. Sorry, I'm again again say the visa visa because the, everything affected for this say the system visa temporarily and and they they shape visa too and the prison visa. Very shame. I still say uh, Rohingyan uh, some of them uh, community detention visa. They have four kids. They can choose on on a school, and the teachers, so all of them are studying inside. They know enough for safe. They have all equal opportunity. This is the racism. This is the discrimination. Ten years, they one person, one, two, three, or many families. It's a community detention. Well, and this is the very very uh, studying inside, and the, our demand. Uh, we get back home, our Burma, and we have to write our citizenship. Sajida, thank you so, so much for your time on the program. Yes, absolutely. The demands are permanent visas and, and some other things that we're fighting for for refugees, like ending offshore detention and um, ending the turn back policy, etc. So, um, but uh, uh, definitely the demand for um, permanent visas. Thank you so much for your time on the program today. Thank you.
That was Sajida Bahadurmia, and she's the spokesperson for the Australian Rohingya Women's Development Organisation, commemorating five years or marking five years since the uh, Myanmar military began its mass premeditated attacks against the stateless Rohingya, uh, and that was on the 25th of August. The Refugee Action Collectives right across the country are supporting and fighting around these issues. So look up your local Refugee Action Collective for more information um, and and detail about uh, rallies that are coming up in your area. But Jody, it's 29 minutes past nine o'clock. That does bring us to the end of another Asia Pacific Currents. Thank you everybody for tuning in. We'll be back next Saturday with more news and current affairs from the Asia Pacific region. What's coming up next? Um, we have... Uh, Voices of Palestine. Palestine Remembered, that's yeah, right. that's right. <laughs> Palestine Remembered is coming up next. Stay tuned to 3CR for the rest of the day and the weekend. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Jodie Peskett.